I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. This episode, along with every episode this season, is brought to you by our sponsor, KFC. So I'm recapping the Toronto Raptors 130-121 to win over the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I got to say, this is a really exhilarating win. The Raptors have had a lot of really good wins this year. Um, and, you know, this one was exhilarating for it's a bit of a roller coaster ride. The Raptors were, I mean, played an excellent first half. I would say that first half of the Raptors tonight's game where the Raptors, um, you know, they, they won the first quarter 38-25 to and won the second quarter 35-30. to um, You know, that... I mean, and, and that doesn't even necessarily tell you the whole story because actually the Raptors are up 30 in the first half. And it reminded very much of the Jazz game where, you know, that was at Scotiabank with, with a shorthanded roster. But the Raptors' pace and their execution and their finishing was just so clinical from start to finish. Uh, that Jazz game was really impressive. The Raptors were up 40, if you remember, in that one. Uh, they were up 30 this time. But uh, just just a really good performance. But, you know, a, a bit of a thrilling game just because the Raptors went up 30. And, um, you know, OKC almost pulled the Raptors by making a 30-point comeback. Uh, it it was dicey down the stretch, which is not what, what you would normally expect when you're up 30. Um, OKC were really relentless. Um, you know, after going up 30, OKC immediately hit four straight three-pointers. To close the first half, so that was disappointing to see the Raptors sort of let their foot off the gas pedal a little bit. Um, a couple of bad shots there affected the floor balance, guys getting open threes and, and hitting open threes most importantly. Um, but you know, the Raptors, I, I mean, I, I mean, it's just it's not even necessarily a, a disappointment in, in a way, it's just sort of I, the way I look at it, and especially you know, um after watching some of the highlights after this one, too, just to sort of refresh myself. Like, it's just a lot of really good shot-making by OKC. Like, this is just a tough team, man. is a really good team. Um, you know, Steven Adams went down early and didn't play very much in this game. And, you know, that you would think on paper would really hurt a team like the Thunder, who are also without Nerlens Noel. So that's basically their, you know, their top two centers right there. But it kind of just completely changed the way OKC played in the sense that it was just constantly five shooters on the floor at all times, and guys driving and kicking and driving and kicking and non nonstop. And it's tough with this team because they have multiple guys who can make plays. Chris Paul is obviously a guy who can you know make plays in the regular season and fail in the playoffs. And you know uh, you know Shea Gilgis Alexander uh, is a very dynamic guard, and he just put up twenty twenty and ten. And and even Dennis Schroeder has really improved since his days. You know, in Atlanta when uh, Herbie Kuhn is calling him Dennis Schroeder. And uh, instead, you know, he's now one of the just best six men in the league right now. He's probably, I mean, I would pick him to win six man of the year currently. Um, you know, he stepped up and, and played in the starting lineup. He's been pretty good off the bench as well. Uh, and then you throw in Gallinari in there too. Just, you know, now that he's healthy again, um, that's four guys who can just pump fake and make a play. And it was just constantly, the, the Thunder just would not go away. They played really well and they executed really well. And Raptors, you know, 
they had some moments, they had some mistakes, and of course, you know, um, there's a lot of extenuating circumstances that cuts down a 30-point lead down to one. You know, you think about their their lapses in judgment that allowed the Thunder to hit four straight threes before, you know, for halftime. It's one thing to go into half down 30. It's another thing to go into half down 18. 18 is manageable. 30 is like, I mean, 10 possessions, and that, that's including threes. That's all threes, right? Um and, and and yeah, you know, it's just, you know, there's that. Um, you look at, uh, you know, guys turning the ball over. Um, you know, one stretch, the Thunder were playing full court press. And the Raptors were bringing the ball up with Pat McCaw and um, OJ Anobi. That doesn't make sense. That just doesn't make sense. Uh, and, and, you know, the execution there was not smart. I mean, I, I, I get the idea. Like, you know, they wanted Kyle and they wanted Pascal to be off the ball. And, and to to run certain sets, but still, I mean, when they're full court pressing, you should have your safest pair of hands bringing the ball up half court, and that being Kyle or even even Pascal, who, you know, whatever. But ultimately, I, I circle back to like OKC just played a really good game, man. They played a really good game. They were resilient. They hit a bunch of shots. They passed the ball really well. They were really uh, crucial and um, just clinical in transition. So, you know, you just got to give them a lot of credit. And and so when I look back at this game, it's actually a really impressive win by the Raptors. Not just necessarily that, you know, they go on the road to a team like OKC who had, I think, won eight of the last – they were eight and two in the last ten games. Um, you know, had beaten a lot of tough game, uh, teams along that stretch, of course, including the Raptors. Uh, and, and, you know, it, you know obviously you, you go on the road and you win this game. It's a pretty good game. But I just looked at it in the sense that, like – you know, when the Thunder were about to take control of the game and Gallinari had an and one, he dunked it in transition, uh, you know, leaking in from the weak side and he came in for a dunk and then he had a free throw that cut the lead down to one point when that happened. And there was like maybe what, like two minutes, maybe three minutes left in the game at that point. That was anybody's game. Uh, and the Raptors really stepped up and seized control, um, you know, and, you know, if you look at the way the Raptors finished this game. Uh, I had actually spent a lot of the last episode after the Spurs game. I, t- I talked about sort of the Raptors um, sort of having a need to find a closer or at least just sort of like where they're going to get crunch time baskets. It's It's been a question of mine all season. I talked about it uh, on the, the uh, you know, the, the, the basically the weekly podcast, uh, you know, earlier today with my guest, Joe Wolfon, feature writer from The Score, and we talked about it there as well. And, and you know, it's just something I'm looking out for just because, obviously, last year the closer with Kawhi, and now Kawhi is gone. So, you know, who are you going to get um, to close games for you? And the way the Raptors closed games today, uh, the, the game today, it was mostly by committee, but um, it was also a very composed approach in the sense that, you get Pascal Siakam attacking off a two-man action with Kyle Lowry, getting into the paint. I don't know how he wasn't fouled. He got hammered in the lane. There was no call, whatever. It was, it was very surprising. But still, he got the tough layup to go in traffic. I think that was over Gallinari. And the next play down, Kyle Lowry, uh, you know, he gets the ball. Uh, he, I th- think he has, he, he, he runs a screen. He gets Gallinari onto him, blows past Gallinari. Uh, Mike Muscala is the last guy in, in, you know, the last line of defense in the paint, and Kyle Lowry hits a layup. And then after that, uh, he hits another shot, uh, a little bit of a short push shot um, from inside the paint, maybe eight feet out. Uh, and and that gave the Raptors some breathing room. And then finally, in what I would describe as the KFC play of the game, um, you know, just the Raptors just needed a 
you know, a good possession. I mean, to be honest, the game was pretty much won at that point. But it was very nice to see the ball. You know, Norm Powell's the inbounder, inbounds the ball, throws it to Kyle Lowry. There's the, the, I think the Thunder wanted to trap a little bit. But Kyle Lowry immediately swung the ball back to Norm after he got inbound. And Norm's on the sideline. He sees that he's got Mike Muscala on him and immediately takes him off the dribble, goes straight to the rack, and um, the Thunder were pretty bad in their defensive rotation. I don't think they expected the Raptors to shoot so quickly. They probably thought the Raptors were going to hold the ball and sort of uh, waste some of the clock. But Norm made a decisive move, drove right past Muscala, got inside for a dunk. And that was just kind of a very satisfying finish to the game. But ultimately, you know, it's just the crunch time execution by the Raptors. You know, all four of those plays really are, are KFC buckets of the game just because you know, they didn't panic. They didn't freak out. Uh, when the game was tough, the Raptors stepped up. They made plays, and, and um, you know, they went to the rim, whereas the Thunder were, were still chucking threes. They had a couple of okay looks that, you know, that rimmed out, whatever, but uh, the Raptors, you know, took matters in their own hands. Kyle Lowry, you know, Pascal Siakam, Norman Powell, all three of those guys getting to the basket, and that's what you want to see, too, especially when the Thunder don't have rim protection and, um, as for the bucket of the game, the Raptors Over Everything podcast is brought to you by our official sponsor, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Because you're a fan of buckets, then you're a fan of KFC. Order yours at kfc.ca and get it before tip-off. Um, yeah, so the, you know it was just it was a it was a very fun game. It was a lot of it was a lot of good moments, uh, a lot of really memorable shots. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of contenders for bucket of the game. To be honest, I mean, I'm not even trying to overplay it. I just I really mean it. Like um, OG Anunoby hit like a last second. Deep, deep, deep three, like maybe 30 feet out um, to beat the buzzer. Uh, you know, Norm Powell had a shot where, also late shot clock situation, Chris Paul swats at the ball midair. So Norm Powell's midair, loses control of the ball, and Norm somehow regains possession of the ball and just heaves it up there from just a step inside the three-point arc and switches that. It's an amazing shot. Um you know, Marcus Saul banked in a three in the fourth quarter as well. So there's a lot of lot of really impressive plays. But uh, just overall, it was just a very fun game in the sense that you want to see the Raptors challenged, right? Like you saw the best of the Raptors in that first half, and then you saw, you know, some slippage in the second half. The Thunder obviously played amazing, played out of their minds really to get back into this game. And then you saw the composure of the Raptors. And, you know, it's, it's a really nice team effort because tell me when the last time you heard something like this. All five Raptors starters scored in double digits, right? Everybody was 15 points or above. Ibaka was at 15, Pascal 21, OG 21, Marcus all 15, Kyle Lowry 17. So everyone got 15 or above, and everybody shot above 50% from three, or from the field. That's amazing. That's that's quite frankly amazing. I, it's just It's a reflection of just how well that unit went, went, went together. Now, as I mentioned, Marcus all, uh, this is... He was obviously in the starting lineup. He returned from injury. Some question as to how Nick Nurse would handle the lineup with Mark back in the back in the the swing of things. Um, Serge Ibaka has been playing phenomenal basketball of late, um, and you know it's not necessarily mistake free basketball, but still the raw production from Mark, from uh, Serge Ibaka has been phenomenal. Uh, there was some question as to whether Ibaka will go to the bench. At least for now, it seems like Ibaka is going to be in the starting lineup because Mark and uh, and Serge started together in that sort of dual big uh, front court. Um, but the lineup worked; like it worked. Like the Raptors got up to an amazing start with those guys, um, you know. And, and again, it's just the Raptors played great offense together as a team. I mean, you just look at it. You got seven guys. First of all, the Raptors shot sixty one percent from the field, including fifty six percent from three. They didn't even shoot that many free throws, but they still got 130 points. Um, 
And you got seven players in double digits. Again, like I mentioned, all five starters, 15 or more points, shooting 50 or better percent from the field. Amazing. Uh, and it's just the execution, the pace of this game was really, really good. Um, I thought it was a, a, a game where the Raptors shared the ball beautifully. You got 33 assists as a team. Uh, Kyle Lowry did a lot of that. Uh, he had eight assists, you know, especially in the first half. Him pushing the pace was really amazing. But, you know, just guys like, uh, you know, OG, um, you know, creating deflections, getting runouts, um, you know, Pascal, whenever the Raptors needed a tough half-court basket, get into the post, spin, work his way, get to the rim, finish. Serge Ibaka making all of his plays. You know, he had one missed layup, but still had some pretty impressive uh, outings, especially in that first half, or in that first quarter, where I think he had 13 points for the first quarter alone. Um, yeah, he was he was really making some nice plays, just running in transition at first, but also hitting a jumper, and then pump faking from the three-point line, driving inside, finishing and one, stuff like that. Uh, good stuff from Serge. Uh, Mark doing his thing, playmaking on the top of the floor, six assists. Uh, you know, he helped the bench unit sort of balance out their offense just because, you know, Mark would come in with that second unit, just sort of be a traffic cop. You know, the, the floor was much better spaced. Uh, Marcus saw at the top of the key definitely pulls the center out of the lane. So there's really nobody inside to protect the basket. Uh, he also shot the three really well. I mean, just Mark in general looked really good. I mean, he looked really light. It was very aggressive for his offense. Uh, even hit a couple of two point shots, including one where he was like, spinning like it was Pascal Siakam or something and looping and getting to the rim and hitting these hook shots. Mark was just phenomenal tonight. And of course, Kyle Lowry, I mean, he's just, he's great offensively every single night. And then you bring it off the bench. I mean, Norman Powell comes off the bench, gives you 23 points on nine of 11 shooting three or four from three, two of two from the free throw line. Super, super clinical. Now he doesn't do anything else. Like only two rebounds, no assists, no steals, no blocks, you know, in 27 minutes, Norman Powell just gives you buckets, only buckets. Um, I have to start calling him KFC Powell at this point. But seriously, like, it's just straight buckets. Uh, but still, you can't argue with 23 points on 9 of 11 shooting. Uh, even Terrence Davis comes in, gives you a little boost with 12 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals off the bench in 17 minutes, plus 18 for Terrence. Not bad all, at all. And so it's just the Raptors offense just flowed really well. And, you know, defensively, they could have been better. I mean, the Thunder scored 121 points. They shot 51% from the field. They shot 42 threes. Um, you know, they had 32 assists as a team. It's, yeah, like the Raptors could do better there. But at the same time, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how many times I can see OKC. As, especially, you know, as a team, they don't actually shoot the three that well. Um, but, you know, when you got guys like Schroeder hitting 5 of 10 for, off the bench and Mike Mascalas giving you 17 points, like, okay, then they could do something. But, uh but, yeah, I mean, they're just not a high three-point shooting team in general, and they're not a very high percentage team. And it's not like 38% is super high from three, but the 42 threes and the way they played tonight was a little bit unusual. But, you know, I, look, defense, the Raptors defensively could have been a little bit better, but offensively it was just amazing. I mean, they finished the game shooting 61%. And it was just nice to see because, you know, offensively it's been a struggle to watch the Raptors of late, right? With all these injuries and things like that, there's nobody around aside from Kyle Lowry to create shots. Finally, Pascal's back in the game. Finally, Norman Powell's back in the game. Finally, Marcus Saul's back into the game. And you just see it's a marked difference in what's going on. Like, it's it's no longer just, like, fighting tooth and nail to get a bucket. Like, the Raptors can run some beautiful offense. And we saw a lot of that tonight. And honestly, this is a game where a lot of guys get, should get credit. I mean, I'm going to give out three stars because that's the segment. But, you know, all the top seven guys who played tonight deserve a lot of credit um, because they all played reasonably well. Um, 
you know, Ibaka, like I mentioned, that first quarter was phenomenal, set the tone for them early on. Later in the game, eh, not as spectacular, but, you know, whatever, still. Uh, you're not going to argue with 15 and 6 in 29 minutes. Pascal, really, um, you know, it's, it's funny because the stat line isn't even that great, but I thought Pascal offensively made a lot of really good decisions out there. His um, So he still only played 30 minutes, which seems to be what his uh, minutes restriction is at the moment uh, after coming back from injury. But I, I thought offensively he made most of the right decisions out there. And the pacing in terms of just his energy and something like that was a lot better than the, the first game against San Antonio. Uh, it, it's just, you know, he there, there wasn't a let up from Pascal Siakam. Like his energy level was consistent. Uh, he was aggressive attacking the paint. He had that basket late in the game. Um, in that third quarter stretch there, that was probably the Pascal's best stretch where the Raptors basically turned their entire offense into just posting up Pascal Siakam. And now, look, I would do that too, really, if uh, the other team was guarding him with, like, Chris Paul and Terrence Ferguson and stuff like that. The, the Thunder clearly lack a power forward, even when everyone is healthy, defensively especially, and, and you know, Siakam was able to exploit that. But still, they got Pascal on the post over and over and over again. On, one, on back-to-back possessions, you got two fouls on Chris Paul, and then Chris Paul started being less aggressive, and then Pascal... Uh, posted him up, spun, did a Euro step in the lane, split two defenders, rolled it in. Amazing play. And then shortly thereafter, you know, he gets the ball in the post against Dennis Schroeder and uh, goes to that one-legged fading Dirk um, jumper with the leg in the air from mid-range. Like, it's just Pascal was making some really, really nice plays tonight. And also just making good decisions. Like, he didn't force his offense that much, which is kind of nice to see. You know, Pascal will have stretches. Like, for example, um, you know, the, the biggest knock on Pascal I'll have tonight is just that, like, at when the Thunder started their run at the end of the second quarter there where, you know, Raptors are up 30, Pascal then tried to, like, command the offense a little bit, took, like, two or three shots that weren't necessarily bad shots, but he kind of definitely wanted to force his offense a little bit. And that sort of, uh, you know, threw off the floor bounce a little bit, and the Thunder were able to get some threes off of that. So, you know, there are some times where Pascal doesn't necessarily read the situation as well as he could. Um but nevertheless, this was a really nice game for Pascal. And, and you know, uh, played really well. Came up with some couple defensive plays, things like that. OG, I thought he was phenomenal tonight. I don't think it's a coincidence that he played the most minutes out of anyone on the team, 39. Um, he was just balling out. This is one of the best performances of his career. Uh, 21 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals. He would be my... Uh, he would be my first star from this game just because of how much energy and hustle he put into this one. Um, defensively, I thought OG was better than anyone else on the Raptors. Uh, and, you know, generally speaking, when, when it was not OG's guy that was going off. It was mostly the other guys. But also offensively, it was just really good. Like, this is OG at his best, at least in his current skill set, in terms of just knocking down half your threes. You know, obviously he's going to be open a lot for three. Uh, you got to knock those down. He did that pretty confidently tonight. Obviously had that incredible buzzer beater. That he just, you know, rainbowed in, Derek Fisher style. Uh, but, you know, like, you know, it's just he made a lot of plays. And, and I like the pace that he played with today because a lot of his baskets, if you look back on it, were in transition. But it, it shows great awareness. Like, for example, at the start of the fourth quarter, a little bit of a tight moment. You know, OKC had made a little bit of a run. And OG and Obi in, in, in tandem with uh, Terrence Davis immediately come up with two four turnovers. And OG gets back-to-back leak outs for dunks. And, um, you know, there's just so many deflections that allowed um, the Raptors to play in fast break. And pretty much all the Raptors' fast break points involved OG and Obi tonight. A couple in the first quarter where he had three steals in the first quarter. And also another play where 
Um, all, by the way, all, all three of those steals led to immediate baskets and transition. So that's that's great to see. But there's also another play in the, for, in the first quarter where he forces the deflection, tips the ball out of bounds, and then the Thunder inbound the ball. OG's guarding the guy who catches the ball, and that guy ends up – I forget who it was, but uh, ends up committing a shot clock violation. Like OG's defense was was really good in, in a night where you know the, the Raptors as a whole defensively weren't as solid as they could be. But still, man, OG just – Played really well, shared the ball really well, made good reads, and you just look at it, man. Like this is when this is the type of game that really opens your eyes to what OG can do, right? Because I, I think we can all agree that OG right now is probably a fifth option. But if your fifth option give you twenty one points, five rebounds, five assists, three steals, that's pretty amazing. Um, on, on above fifty percent shooting from the field, um, you know, and three of six from three. I think what this game says, um is that OG has an ability to impact both ends of the floor significantly, uh, but a lot of it is defense leading to offense. But his defense is actually that good where it, it can really do that. And I really do think that it makes a tangible difference when Marcus is on the floor. You know, I mean, Mark is a guy who improves the game for everybody, makes the game easier for everyone, but uh, especially for OG, just because offensively, Mark pulls that center out of the paint, and so OG has more space. Like, he had one play... Uh, late in this game, OG, where he caught a, he caught an inbound pass onto the rim and sort of muscled his way to the layup. That was great to see. Um, but it definitely opens the floor for OG to operate and cut and maybe make a couple of drives here and there. Um, but, you know, it's just it, defensively, too. I, I think, you know, with Mark back there communicating and seeing a play, definitely a little bit more heads up than, than Surge on that front. Uh, I, I think, honestly, that allows OG to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, I mean, when you have Ibaka and Gasol back there, like, you can definitely press up on the perimeter. And I think that's what kind of uh, allowed OG to, to force a couple of the turnovers that he did tonight. So, yeah, OG was really good, man. Like I said, he'd be my first start tonight. Marc Gasol, probably my second start. Uh, 15 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal, 32 minutes, 6 of 9 shooting from the field, 3 of 4 from deep. I mean... It's it's not surprising to me necessarily. I I know that we expected um, Pascal to come in with some from Russ, and I didn't really see that much of Powell, so I'm not sure. But Mark's been shooting around of late uh, before the game and stuff, and it's it's not the most. It's not necessarily like just a guy has a great shoot around and he's gonna have a great game. It's it's not that simple. Uh, in fact, Pascal routinely has bad shoot arounds, and then he just comes out and gives you 30. So I'm like I. I don't know, but with certain guys, like with Mark, early in the year, his legs look dead. Like even shooter just warming up before the game, I'm like, he's missing short shots and missing makeable shots. It's just, yeah, it is what it is. But of, of late with Mark, uh, you know, nearing a return, he'd been coming out and shooting before the games and stuff, and he's been money. Like he has been lightning good, just quick with his release. Uh, everything looks steady. He looks energetic. And you look at his performance tonight, really, really nice. Um you know, in terms of just his energy, there's the moments where he looked gas and stuff like that. Every time he closes out to the corner and, and he does that huge closeout, he's not quite Chris Boucher on that closeout, I got to say. Um, but, yeah, there's a couple of times where you see Mark getting tired. But, I mean, for the most part, he was really good. Uh, I, I liked his aggression on offense. He really took it inside uh, a couple of times just to sort of mix it up. But also it's just, man, you just you get to see – what the Raptors have missed with Marcus All out of the lineup, right? The organization on both ends of the floor is just so much better. It, it just it, it just is, man. Like he's just directing traffic. You know, he's moving the ball. He's he's helping the second unit. Second unit can use a lot of help with playmaking. You can't just be McCaw out there. Um, and so yeah, you know, Mark did a really good job. And also, you know, he backed in that three. 
you know, look for his offense. It's it's all good. It really is all good for Mark. And I don't think it's it's a coincidence that he was a plus 16, which is actually better than the rest of the starters combined. Um, so I, I thought Mark did a really good job. I also like the way Nick Nurse staggered the lineup so that Mark played a little bit with the second unit. We saw that uh, last season when Mark first got here in Toronto. Um, you know, I mean, he was coming off the bench a couple of those games, but also it's just um, Mark with the second unit just alleviates that concern where there's just not as much shot creation in the second lineup. Uh, you kind of need Mark out there, and, and Mark did a good job with that. Kyle Lowry, I thought he was really good. Um, he would not be my third star, and that would be Norm, but still, Kyle, 17 points, four rebounds, eight assists, a steal. Uh, I mean, you know, two things. One, Kyle Lowry only played 33 minutes. That's really good. Uh, really cut down um, on his workload. Obviously, uh, you know, he looked fresher in crunch time. He got those two layups. I don't know if it's necessarily a one-to-one correlation, but still, you know, I don't think it hurts at all either. Uh, and also, you know, uh, too, I just like the fact that at one point in the third quarter, Kyle Lowry, this is the most Kyle Lowry and Chris Ball interaction possible. But, um, yeah, Kyle Lowry basically whistled for a coach's challenge against Chris Paul, which, again, if if you know anything about these two guys – they love to go at the referees. They're pretty much carbon copies of each other. It's just that Chris Paul is a fraud and doesn't have a ring, whereas Kyle Lowry is, you know, uh, the defending NBA champion. But, you know, they're very similar in temperament. You know, undersized guards, bit of the Napoleon complex, you know, uh, you know we'll, we'll bully people and stuff like that. It's, it's just, you know, uh, yeah, anyway. So, Kyle, he closed out on Chris Paul. Chris Paul... On the replay, at least to me, the replays that I saw, I clearly saw Chris Paul kick his leg out like he was doing that little dance by Takashi 69 uh, And there's more than one parallel on that front. Um, but, yeah, Chris Paul kicks his leg out. He gets the call, and it's a foul, and he hits a three as well. And so Kyle Lowry immediately calls for the coach's challenge, which I thought was just really funny, man. These two guys play the rest so much. And actually, the referees actually went to look at the tape, and they actually stuck with the call, which I thought was a little surprising. But... Still, it was a good moment. And also, just in general, Kyle Lowry played really well tonight. Um, this is probably more of a balanced thing. Like, if you think about it, 17 points, 8 assists, 33 minutes for Kyle Lowry, 13 shots. That seems to be the best balance for Kyle Lowry. You don't necessarily want to see him playing 40 minutes, taking like 20 shots. That That's a sign that things are not going well. Uh, and then, yeah, Terrence Davis off the bench, 12 points, you know, uh, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals. He got yelled at by Serge Ibaka at one point. When uh, the Raptors were in a tight moment, the lead was slipping away. Uh, Serge Ibaka was in the post. He wanted to get the ball early, didn't get the ball. The ball had to swing back around to Terrence. And then he he tried to throw the inbound pass or the, the post-entry pass. I think it might have got picked off or whatever. But then on the ensuing play, like, Serge is just yelling at him. Like, you can see the camera just, like, clearly pick up that Serge is yelling at him. And I was like, man, that's that's not great. I mean, you know, Serge has been taking David Sonner's wing teaching him to lift weights, teaching him to eat right and stuff like that. It's been a good vet for him. Uh, that might be hard to, for a guy to hear, but, uh, you know, similar to that you know, that Hornets game, after Nick Terrence basically called him out, Terrence Davis responds. He always responds, and he responded tonight. Right after that, he hit a three off a, uh, you know, off a pick and roll. He, he, he took it inside. Uh, he drove it to the basket, got his own put back, finished it there, and then at the start of the fourth quarter, him and OG combining to force two turnovers that leads to two dunks for OG. Great, great sequence, and that just allowed the Raptors to give them a little bit of a breathing room because, like, obviously they needed it tonight. The, the Thunder were really in a mood, but... Um, yeah, I just like the production from Terrence, man. 12.7 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals in 17 minutes, 5 of 8 from the field, 2 of 4 from deep, 
It's freaking awesome, man. It's it's really fun to watch him. And he was a team best plus 18 as well. And then my third star, Norman Powell, 23 points. I can mention, man, doesn't give you anything else, but it doesn't matter, man. If he gives you 23 points on 9 of 11 shooting, you'll take that every single day of the week. Every single day. And, of course, he comes up with that clutch play at the end as well. That decisive play to, to try past Mike Muscala and Duncan in, so... Norma's great, man. Norma's great. He's been in such a good rhythm. Like, everything he does now is decisive. And also, it's just, like, the focus. There were some games before when you saw a cop, you know, Norm come in, and it was kind of a space cadet, you know, would lose his way defensively, stuff like that, make a couple plays, a little, make some bad reads, you know, force a couple shots, get a couple turnovers, throw off the balance, and then it was like, all right, he's getting benched. Right now, I mean, it's obviously the best stretch of his career. This is the best season of his career, but he's just money every time out. He's making the right decisions, making the right reads, attacking the right moments, um, being so aggressive in transition. Um, you know, the catch and shoot three has been really good for him. And yeah, he was just really good tonight, man. 23 points in 27 minutes on nine of 11 shooting. That's amazing. And honestly, you know, it, one the great thing about uh, Norm Powell and also just pretty much the rest of the Raptors, they're all unselfish guys. Like Norm comes with the, goes, goes to the bench, even after he's been balling out with the starters, even after he gets 20 points in his return as a starter against the Spurs. He definitely was not the problem against the Spurs. And, you know, he goes to the bench tonight. And still, he gives you the same production. So, uh, you love that professionalism from Norm. And really, the only person to nitpick, and this is the, the, pretty much the end of the podcast, but the only person to nitpick is Pat McCaw, who, I mean, I don't know, man. The thing is, he actually wasn't having that bad of a game before the, the couple of plays there at the end where he turned the ball over. Like, if you really look at it, man, like, he... Okay, the minutes are is, is always too much. 25 minutes for Pat McCaw is too many. It just is too many, period. Like, he, his skill set... Does not warrant to that. But also, you can understand it because Fred is out. You need another ball handler on the floor. So if you want to put Kyle off the ball and stuff like that because he can come off screens and stuff like that, a lot of Raptors plays for that, you kind of need someone to handle the ball. And so McCaw has been in there. Tonight, I'm not sure why he played 25 minutes. But even those 25 minutes, he was okay Like before the couple of slip-ups at the end where you know he can't bring the ball up and he gets, turns the ball over and it was pretty bad. Um, but five assists, two steals... You know, it's it's not the worst. Like, I don't really think you can expect that much out of McCaw. And I think ultimately when Fred comes back, his minutes should come down. We'll see if they do come down. And, and if, if he ends up taking some minutes from Terrence, people will probably, uh, you know, in an uproar. But realistically, it wouldn't be as much of a talking point if the Raptors were healthy. Because they're not healthy, they've had to overextend McCaw. And the results are a little bit ugly. Now, granted, like, I'm sure Nurse can figure out other ways to run their offense aside from McCaw, but it's just become such a huge sticking point, man. Like, it, even after a win like this, I mean, I get it. The Raptors almost blew a lead. You're nervous. But still, it's objectively a really good win. But so much of the discourse online was about McCaw. And, you know, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's disappointing. He, he he couldn't dribble past Dennis Schroeder and, and, a, and just on a full-court press and, and turn it over. But, like, you know. We're, we're talking about the third string point guard. Like, it, it's going to be okay. So, yeah. I mean, uh, hopefully uh, Fred comes back and McCaw doesn't have to play this so much. And so we can, I don't know, have less to gripe about. But for the most part, things are good. The Raptors are getting healthier. The guy's coming back. They look fresh. Pascal finding his rhythm. Mark very much in rhythm. Norm Powell just playing like crazy. So, uh, your three stars tonight, by the way, OJ and Obi number one. Um, Marcus All number two and Norman Powell number three. And in terms of the Gerald Henderson Award, that's got to go to Mike Muscala. 17 points and 31 minutes off the bench for the Thunder. Uh, Steven Adams, like I mentioned, got hurt. Only played seven minutes, so Muscala had to step in. 
and he was pretty good. He's pretty good. I mean, defensively, he offers nothing, but I mean, offensively, he was in the right spots. He was spacing the floor. Three of seven from deep is not bad. So, uh, good game from Miscala. So, those are for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Again, really, en- uh, just an enjoyable game. I-, I hope you go back and watch the the highlights of this one. Just a really a well executed game. Really fun game to watch. Uh, a lot of a very thrilling game, of course. And um, yeah, ultimately, the Raptors are getting healthier. The schedule is getting easier. Things are going to be good. Just just relax. Um, you know, uh, as long as everyone stays healthy, they're, the Raptors are in a damn good spot. And so that does it for the podcast. And the last thing, programming note, I mentioned this a couple of times, but we are introducing the KSC hotline for the Raptors Over Everything live call-in show. That comes out every Friday afternoon between 3.30 and 4.30. You can watch that live on the Yahoo Sports Canada YouTube page. But for that call-in show, uh, if you want to ask a question, if you want to leave a hot take or whatever, if you want to have a message for the show, I know, I understand. We only run for an hour. Not everyone's able to call in. If you want to be a part of the show, if you want to call in, if you want to leave any sort of messages, um, leave a voice note on the Yahoo Sports Canada Instagram page, direct message us, leave us a note. And, you know, uh, on tomorrow, on Thursday, I'm pretty much just going to go through and review all the, the, the calls and uh, play a couple of the the questions and the calls and the messages on the show on Friday. So if you are interested in doing that, direct message the Yahoo Sports Canada YouTube page or the Instagram page. So again, thanks to KFC for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks everyone for watching. Rate, review, subscribe, and I'll be back um, later. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.